every digital piece ends up as a surprise and something new, right? Yeah. That I wouldn't have expected. And it's kind of, um, I don't even know if I, if I would call it enjoyable. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, it's, like, it's like being uh, like going into like um, hyperdrive or warp mode in, in Star mm-hmm. Wars or yeah. like um, Space Odyssey where you're like, whenever they're going to that like crazy space land, the eyes are like, oh, that's what Photoshop feels. The 2001 like tunnel me. thing before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, like you're, you're, like you're racing through some kind of weird like Photoshop tunnel of possibilities in it. I'm just holding on for dear life because like yeah, things, get, yeah. things get crazy really fast once you turn it on. All right, welcome to Eyesore Podcast. This is uh, another episode we're interviewing Steve Kim today. Steve Kim is an illustrator and a painter. Um, raised in LA, currently lives in Oxford, Mississippi, not too far from my hometown. Uh, Steve makes really crazy collage-ish type illustrations. They're not collages. They're these digital illustrations that I find to be ethereal and weird. Um, he's also sort of like a master curator with a really broad taste of uh, just really good art. Tends to be generally figurative focused. I wanted him on for a while. I had him on my uh, hit list for a while. Here we are, Steve. How are you doing? Hey, uh, good. Um, I don't know about uh, mask- master uh, curator. It's an Instagram account, so. <laughs> Yo, well, I love your Instagram account. That, uh, the third Steve Kim Co. 3. Yeah, yeah, number three. Yeah, my friend was like, it was like, yeah, you should um, make a separate account for curating art. Because I, I post a lot of art on in um, uh, the stories feature. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. And then that was a couple months ago. My goal right now is just to have uh, maybe more, keep more followers than posts because I kind of post a lot. <laughs> Let's jump into it. I'm wondering, uh, I'm looking at some of your images when I see them, uh, the digital art, wondering how you do them. How, can you just walk us through how you do um, your, your digital pieces? Something like, uh, mm, I don't know if you no. remember your names. There's something no, called yeah, like Very no. Tiny Birds and yeah, then yeah. Um, the Doppelganger 2 or something like that. So for pieces like that, where a sort of digital, you know, I guess a digital drawing, a mm-hmm. traditional plus digital, can you walk us through your process? I know you use colored pencil to start with. Yeah. So um, lately I've been kind of um, thinking more along the lines of like a pure digital kind of workflow, but um, the like, you know, like the quote unquote important stuff starts out as drawings. So graphic side. So they start out with uh, photo reference, ideally photos that I've taken myself. Um, second to that, photos that um, people have sent to me, like personal photos or candids or sometimes stuff from, from Instagram or something. Uh, with the distant third being something like um, film stills or uh, things like that. Like I've, I, I did a whole series on a movie called Possession, for example, grabbing film stills. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed enjoy that. I enjoy the process, but it's also because it's part of like popular culture. It just has a different feeling. So, um, but the photo reference side of things capture 
the fact that it's a real person in a specific time and place, like all of that kind of context stuff. Even if it's for an illustration, like it's really, uh, uh, I think it's important at least. Um, but it's not super important because I've worked off like crappy JPEGs or something and in the end, mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. Like the very tiny birds piece was, was that one? One of those, a lot, you know, sometimes they're just like 1080 pixels wide, pretty small web resolution. I can't see anything in the eye or whatever, but, uh -huh. um, and I'm, and whereas before I was more like, yeah, I need all the megapixels. I need to shoot it myself. I need a sharp lens, things like that. And all that stuff will kind of um, affect the final image in that case. But if you mm. don't have that and you have this kind of low res thing that you have to up res with, you know, I up res in Photoshop um, with the preserve details 2.0 feature and it creates some artifacts that in the end I sometimes use. So if you look at the very tiny birds piece, her eyes has this weird wiggly, um, eyelids have this very like wiggly shape to it. And that's part of the mm -hmm. artifacting from the upscaling. Really? Yeah. So, okay. And it, so it's just, a, it's I'm, a take it or leave it thing. Like, you know, I'm aware it's there. So I think, well, is that something cool? And I'll go with it. Yeah. So I'm new to Photoshop, really. I don't know it that well. You can, you'll take a shitty quality JPEG that you like the image of. Um, and then you can up resolution it. You can, you can make it force it in a sharper image with whatever it's magical yeah. software. Yeah. So generally when you're upscaling, you'll use something like bilinear, bilinear filtering, which makes things pretty uh, blurry. But in the current versions of Photoshop, there's an option called um, preserve details. You might have to enable it through the experimental tab. And then there's other things that use neural networks like um, waifu 2X um, in, image, image. There's a lot. Okay. Uh, web-based stuff and so i use waifu 2x every once in a while okay uh oh yeah so let's see so so that's the reference side of things and then um and so that's like the foundation right yeah so i go you know with what that. i have one more thing about references i used to take sure. a bunch of screenshots of netflix shows back in the day because you know it's great but then i started noticing one day they just came out black like netflix disabled screenshotting um yeah yeah do yeah you, I've, I've had the same problem <laughs> do you have a workaround for that is there like a another software you can use um actually that's something that i like just like the other day have uh trying to remind myself to look up mm. um it's a it's a uh there's you know yeah if you, i'm sure if you google it you'll find a workaround it's a hdcp thing um, you know, yeah. they're just trying to copyright blocks that, that stuff. Um, personally, yep. when I know I want to work a lot from a particular movie or something, um, I'll, um, I'll rent from Netflix or uh, Redbox or whatever, the 4K UHD or Blu-ray or whatever, and rip mm -hmm. the whole movie so that I can wow. go frame, frame by frame. Um, wow. And not just stuff that's off... Um, it's, it's a, part of it's a quality thing and part of it is that the exact frame that you find in google images is one that's been mm -hmm. kind of you know spreading yeah around. so used over and over right yeah yeah so um but yeah it's um i'm sure there's some sort of like work around probably need to use like a capture card or something i'm not sure yeah or you can just take a picture with your phone <laughs>
<laughs> it's true. It'll work. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess you can work from low quality um, JPEGs. It's like most of the image is still there. Yeah, yeah. And like film, film especially is not particularly, unless it's a close up, it's not particularly sharp in the first place. Um, yeah. Now with maybe um, 4K uh, uh, UHD and stuff, it's a, it's a lot better, but like 1080p, um, yeah, unless it's a close up, it, uh, there's not going to be that much info. Cool. So after you have your reference. You right. So, yeah. So after I have the reference, um, I do most of the um, composition aspect of it. So I have my reference and now it needs to fit in like a certain specific paper size because I work in four sizes roughly. Uh, not roughly, but specifically. So they can all fit into mm. the same frame, the same binder, um, same size, et cetera. Right. Um, oh, so you have, you have four different. Yeah. Formats. So, yeah, yeah. So, so for like, um, the smallest size is 11, 11 by eight and a half. So standard paper size. And then a step yeah. up is 14 by 11, 17 by 14. That's probably where I max out for drawings. I typically, yeah, I think I have, yeah, I have uh, binders who are 22 by 17, but that mm -hmm. size, it gets really big. And I like, I, when I'm drawing, I'm getting in really close and I'm like twirling the paper around, yeah. kind of like an animator and stuff. So um, at 22 by 17, it gets pretty big. 17 by 14 gets pretty large to you. That's where I max out for, um, for the drawings. But, I, but even though they're relatively small, I scan them at a high res, so like mm -hmm. 720 PPI, which means that like, okay. yeah, so yeah. then that way, even if I'm working at 11 by eight and a half, I can uh, blow that up and make a print yeah. that's at, that's 300 PPI around 24 inches without too much resolution loss. So you can, um, you can take the smallest drawing and make it the largest drawing because of this super high uh, resolution. Yeah, yeah, it's like my minimum, my minimum working digital size would be 11 by eight and a half at 720 PPI, which works out to about 6,600 6, pixels tall, something like that, around 6K. 6K pixels up to 10, 10 to 12K. Okay. Um, so that's probably so what 4K stands for. I think I just realized that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. So like <laughs> 1080p is like vertical resolution and then 2K, 4K, 6K is horizontal resolution. It's just basically 4, what's the... 4,000 pixels wide. Wide. Yeah. And, okay. and, and in my and case, because I'm so working easy. in portrait orientation, that's just 4K tall, 6K tall. It's yeah, just saying yeah. how, how many thousand pixels you're, you're working at. And I work oh, at really that simple. resolution uh, for almost... Um, if it's like for an illustration or even a spot illustration, I'll just work at that size anyways because I... I I never know when it might be useful or if I want to take that, say, quick spot illustration and develop it later on my own time or something yeah. like that. It's just, a, it's just, yeah, always just trying to keep things simplified. Mm -hmm. I like that. So, oh, yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, so I'll, you know, uh, uh, so I'll uh, compose everything in Photoshop. So that's like, say, 11 by eight and a half. Where are the eyes? Where's the face? Where's the figure? Um, and then, uh, what do I do? Because uh, everything, the way it works digitally, everything has to be kind of locked in place. So uh, because I'm working with multiple layers and all those layers have to kind of talk to each other. Mm -hmm. So I want to really kind of uh, 
get as close to the final composition within the photo, which is just means like the crop, right? Like how big's the head relative to the edges and corners and things like that. Um, uh, and then I print it out. I do, um, or I turn my MacBook on its side if I'm traveling and mm -hmm. get a like box yeah. method, you know? Uh -huh. um, and then I'll do an in initial trace. And, oh. uh, and then I go in and draw the drawing multiple times in graphite. So I'll draw, I'll trace, and then I'll scan that in, overlay that over the photo and then use that as a guide to continue drawing. And then as close as I can get it until I start feeling, um, I could use another pass and then rescan it, re-overlay and, you know, take it as far, take the graphite. And when I mean graphite, I mean like pure representational, like just what's, what is the photo? What am I looking at, right? Cause you know, you'll, when you draw, you have an, you, when you pick a photo, pick photo reference or just even look at a photo, you're like, this is a great photo. I love it. And you think you know why you like it, but that is different from sp looking at a photo for like five hours. You know what I mean? Um, just new things come up. And so if I have the time, I like to develop that through the graphite. And um, at some point it gets um, uh, tedious or annoying, or I've just seen it before, a drawing's a drawing in the end. And so then I'll transition into color pencil, take that as far as I can, scan the colored pencil drawing and then do the digital process and the digital process is a little bit more uh, hold, hold let me get stuff let me stop you so i can uh uh focus in on this graphite drawing thing um yeah so as i'm as i understand it you print off you you, you compose the image you want to make um in yeah photoshop. In photoshop. You, you print it off you make mm -hmm. a tracing um mm -hmm. then maybe you you do several passes over and over again. Uh, yeah, it's just it? re like refining the drawing, right? So like, if, mm -hmm. if, you, like if, you're, if you imagine like you're just in say a standard, just making corrections essentially. So um, just because you're tracing something doesn't mean that you're nailing it, right? There's, it's a very, you know, a tracing, a tracing is very loose and it doesn't, you don't even have to trace. You can just go, just eyeball it or whatever. Um, but no matter how good you are, you're, first pass is not going to be correct so um although i like abstraction i like starting off with the with reality a real eye a real nose a real mouth you know things like that because um and it's and it's a good way for me to just kind of uh be in that kind of, uh stay in that kind of studying mode like for a long time, I had this really strong anxiety because I wanted to be a concept artist. <clears throat> um, but not knowing anatomy, not knowing, you know, how to draw an eye from imagination and things like that. And so I was really preoccupied with the idea of studying anatomy, studying forms. And, but I realized that it's just like, it's really tedious for me. And it's really boring because it's not connected to anything. It's just a study. It's not going anywhere, right? And so for a while, you know, I have these older anatomy-based uh, works where there are literally anatomy studies that I would get tired of. And I'm like, well, I spent like five hours drawing this stupid skeleton. Let me do something with it, right? But eventually I got bored of that too. But my point is that even if you're not doing formal studies, if you're just drawing a face and really observing it, detailed, like one-to-one -one as much as you can, like, 
you still, a lot carries over, right? You just understand form. Like something I realized over time is that um, although I'm primarily a 2D artist um, and i not a concept artist and I, I don't keep a sketchbook, I don't really doodle besides on my iPad or whatever, that my understanding of form, three-dimensional space, three-dimensional form has just really just on its own, just gone up in a way that no one's ever like really explained to me. And so, so I like that process, you know, I like that initial kind of um, walkthrough of the face, the features, the figure, um, and also just different ideas will come up compositionally and things like that. And As I scan all, it. yeah, and I scan all those, you know, you know, I'll do maybe, maybe uh, depends, you know, uh, maybe minimum two, three passes up to maybe six or seven. And I keep all those scans because later when I go into color pencil and start erasing or modifying or whatever, and especially if it's, if it's a client deadline kind of situation, if I end up, you know, deleting an arm or whatever, I can always just bring that back from the previous scan because I have that saved. When you do these passes with the graphite, are you drawing on the exact same tracing image or do you make multiple tracing sheets of no, paper? It, well, what I mean tracing, it's um, um, the paper. So um, specifically, I draw in Bristol, uh, Strathmore 500 cotton rag, mm. basically an archival piece of paper because um, I don't know where the piece will end up, but I want to end up uh, with um, a physical piece. Right. So whether it's for personal use or for a client, I want to work on this and just focus on focus on this one piece of paper. So when I what I mean by trace will be it'll, I'll have the Bristol over my light box, and then trace the initial drawing, scan that in, overlay that over the reference in Photoshop and use that as a guide to continue working the drawing. Because I find that um, um, because I want to align the drawing with the reference as close as possible, because sometimes in the digital side of things, um, for one, it just makes it easier to draw. And then also sometimes it's useful to lift information from um, the photograph. So for example, color information, uh, hue information, um, random stuff, you know, it's just nice to just nice to have it there. Right. So everything has to be kind of, locked in in that way yeah when you move to colored pencil does the process change at all you know graphite is very loose and kind of brittle right it's very um it's fragile i guess is what i'm saying um whereas colored pencil is really hard to erase once you kind of bear down on it so the colored pencil is when i start feeling like i want to turn it into a piece of like artwork right like want to kind of somehow elevate it from it's a quotidian graphite <laughs> base level. I don't know what it is. Like I really love, I enjoy other people's uh, graphite drawings, but for me personally, there's this kind of weird barrier. So mm -hmm. I use it, I like to use it as a guide and as a reference, but you know, I'm essentially, and to test that ideas sometimes, but then I have to essentially draw it twice and a second time with the colored pencil. It just feels better. For me, it's weird because I'm using a mechanical pencil, but a me mechanical colored pencil, very, mm. very sharp tip, but it feels more like a paintbrush or it feels more painterly than with pencil. 
I know exactly like, what you mean. The the wax feeling is so yeah. much more substantive than a graphite. Yeah, so it's almost like you're, it would be, I think, analogous uh, with painting with oil pastels or something. So yeah. oil pastels and oil paint, you're going to have a similar kind of feeling. So it's, so it's like that, but just at a much, much more, much reduced scale because it's a very, very small, right. you know, point. What brand mechanical colored pencils do you use? Because I bought these, I bought these Pentel shits that were, they, they break. Like I have a heavy hand and they really? like break immediately. Yeah. What uh, kind of you use? I, I like, um, they're, they're called the um, Alvin Draftmatic. They're, they, okay. use, they, they come in like different colors for the different sizes. So 0 0.5, 0 0.05 millimeter is like in a yellow, has like a yellow body and a metal knurled um, grippy thing. So mm -hmm. I've, I just use those and I like to feel those. What and size they, do you use? What millimeter size? Um, for graphite, I, for graph, the graphite I use generally 0.03. Every once in a while, 0 0.05, 0 0.3. <laughs> uh, for most of the drawings, a little bit of 0.5 graphite, and then the color pencil that only exists in 0.5. So I use that primarily. After colored pencil, a couple of colored pencil passes. These are the final passes. Do you incorporate mm -hmm. the colored pencil and the graphite? Are they both composited onto each other, or do you only use the colored pencil drawing at the end? Uh, it just depends on the drawing and uh, and the schedule. So if it's Sometimes with the colored pencil, I want say something really pure, linear, um, geometric, almost kind of like, uh, what's the word? Non-gestural, right? So like kind of removing the personality from it and trying to make it this almost like clinical piece, right? And so the graphite, then I'll want to like get rid of that. And sometimes, you know, the graphite and the colored pencil will work. You know, the graphite and color pencil, they never really get along, but sometimes that kind of uh, irritation factor, uh, it brings something to the piece, and so I'll leave it. Um, and and, um, and um, for illustration work, and for digital work especially, it really doesn't matter. Um, because once you scan everything, the kind of visual differences between graphite and color pencil, like they don't really manifest on the screen, especially because I'm probably going to convert everything to black and, black and white. I'm going to uh, increase the contrast. All of that really um, gets rid of the subtlety. And because the lines are, um, the line work is processed so much in Photoshop, the subtlety, the subtlety is the first thing that to go. So the thing that so, makes it the thing that makes it fine art just like goes out the window. The subtlety part, that's pretty great. Yeah, well, well, like, well, you know, you know what I mean. I'm not, yeah, yeah, but but when I mean, when I say that, I mean like in the, the 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 fact that I get in person or that you would get in person seeing the drawing. Like, I, there's a for me, there's yeah. a palpable difference between the graph the graphite stage and the colored pencil stage that I feel in person, but that. Um, uh, it doesn't get really, it doesn't really translate well with uh, Photoshop, but because, but because it feels differently, the final, final drawing will end up differently. And that will, in a, it, in a, it, it will, that will affect the digital piece. Do you know what I mean? The color pencil yeah. will make me feel differently and think differently. And then I'll draw differently as a result. And so that is what shows up in the digital piece still. 
I said, that makes sense. <laughs> now for the, yeah, for the digital phase. <laughs> yeah. You've got your, you've got your drawing. Um, is, is that final, you have like a final line drawing that you start to work from, right? Yeah. Will that be done by, um, in some cases, will it be just, you, you have a lot of different line drawings that you all kind of, uh, you combine into one, you flatten, you have all these layers of different line drawings in Photoshop and then you no, flatten no, them uh, one or no? Yeah, well, no, I'll just scan the final. I'll scan the oh, final Oh, you have drawing, one final only, drawing. That I scan and then that's where, that and the original reference photo is where I start then the digital piece. Do you keep the original reference photo in like a, a layer beneath kind of just hiding yeah. there? Yeah, Even yeah. all the way up until the final image or do you keep it even within the final image? Um, I'll keep it in, in, in the, um, I'll keep it around. Uh, but at some point, you know, I'll have kind of, uh, you, I'll keep it around just in case I need it. Mm -hmm. But, um, at some point it's, it's just kind of there. Uh, I don't really use it anymore. It's but not used it ever in the final image. Yeah. Oh, well, it, sometimes and sometimes nice. It just really? depends. Yeah. So okay. for example, it, you know, a really basic example. Uh, would be like say someone say someone had like a green nose right <laughs> this weird green nose yeah. in the photo right the drawing is monochrome but in photoshop the nose is already green so i can just uh, isolate the green and then just colorize the color or fill or whatever that green to affect the final drawing and removing and not including any of the photographic material or any of the other photographic material because when you start uh, no matter how much you manipulate photography um i mean you can posterize it posterize it whatever you can convert it to black and white you can mess with it the something about photography will almost always read as photography like you really really have to break it i guess so that it starts reading more mm -hmm. as a drawing and painting and so that's yeah where my mindset is with with the, with the photo like i i keep it around but it's also very tricky to use. So it's not like a, it's not, the primary thing is really the drawing. That is the primary kind of foundation for everything else. Mm -hmm. It's about the, the drawing of the thing and not the thing itself. Cause you could easily do this as a photo, you know, you could be a photo editing artist. You could be like a photo artist, but you prefer the drawing look. Yeah. I mean, for this line of work or for this context, right? So like I, I've been into photography for a long time. So, you know, I've, even now, like my last photo shoot, um, which was, you know, for reference, for, for drawings, but at the same time, mainly to kind of think of a way to work with photography in a way that was okay with me. Because I like photography. I love the process. I love thinking about it. I, I enjoy other people's photography. But when I just have a JPEG or a raw file or whatever, it's just not enough. It just, mm. yeah, um, right. there's, I just need, I, I need to, um, right, right now I'm literally trying to think of ways where I can have a, uh, what's the word, uh, uh, a photography practice mm -hmm. uh, that I can live with, that I can be kind of happy enough to share or something. And I don't know where that is right now. But yeah, you're right. Uh, a, a few pieces, in fact, a few pieces or a few digital pieces are will skew towards the photographic side, but you would, I don't think most people would be able to tell. 
Yeah. Because I'm, you know, I I'm, com yeah. I'm, I'm combining it with like watercolor or digital stuff or whatever. So do you use watercolor for your, your scans ever? Or is that yeah, watercolor? Yeah. Will you use digital watercolor sometimes or no. digital? You use actual watercolor. Yeah. It'll be on a separate piece of Arches watercolor paper. Uh-huh. Okay. So that it'll be, um, and I don't do that all the time, but if there's a digital piece, some of the digital pieces are like pure just drawing or flat shapes. And then sometimes you'll see something kind of like watercolory looking, right? Mm -hmm. So that comes from a separate layer that I'm, um, that I'm again using a light box and painting like very quickly and really just to serve the final piece. But again, I do that on a nice piece of paper, watercolor paper um, at the same scale and size. So that later, if I want to revisit that watercolor piece, and modify it somehow or just leave it as is because uh, although it's there to serve the final digital piece, especially if it's client work, sometimes just by serendipity, sometimes serendipitously, it just is kind of cool by itself. It's very yeah. rare. Mm -hmm. I don't try to like, I don't try to do it consciously, but sometimes it happens. And then that's where those pieces come from. Yeah, and it can be used, you know, I guess an artifact from one project can be used for its own, uh, used in another project. Yeah, so it's hard for me to not re, uh, not, I don't know if reuse is the word, but it's like when you have these artifacts or these byproducts, like mm -hmm. I, it's hard for me to just be like, well, like it has to kind of be its own thing. You know what I mean? It's like if you it's like yeah. if you made if you made babies and you're like, ah, this one's not quite hitting it. So I need to make five babies before I make my cool six baby or whatever. Uh -huh. <laughs> like I it, like it, Yeah, it's like I try to avoid that kind of situation. So that's partly why I don't really keep sketchbooks. And I yeah. never really draw anything serious on like copy paper because I never want to be in a situation where I'm like oh, if I had drawn this thing on a regular nice piece of paper, then I could frame it and sell it or whatever. I don't want, I just don't want to be in that position ever. Yeah, so, I hate that feeling I, too. <laughs> I feel a similar way about sketchbooks. I haven't had one in a while, but. I mean, there is yeah. something to be said about the object, right? Like if, you know, like Jao Ruas and Andrew Ham, like you look at their um, sketchbooks, moleskin sketchbooks, they're just like, they're amazing, right? Mm -hmm. um, but um, it's, no, for now at least, it's just not. It's just not for me. Now let's go back to the the digital part of your, of your uh, I guess work process. Once your final drawing and I guess the watercolor layer sometimes are in there, um, what do you what do you do from there? Um, the so the digital stuff is really um, almost like classic Photoshop stuff, like compositing work levels. Uh, color adjustment layers. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain in words, I guess, mm -hmm. unless you're really familiar with Photoshop, but I'm not, you know, it's another one of those things where like the drawing's done, maybe a paint layer's done. Like I really, if I can avoid it, don't want to get in there and paint anything manually. I just want to use what's there. Mm, just adjust, just fine tune things. Yeah. So the most hands-on thing would be um, flatting for like anime, comics, illustration. It's a process where you're basically isolating area, areas that you want to use later. 
So for mm -hmm. example, you might make an outline around the face because you want to fill that face with a certain color. So, th mm -hmm. so, in, so that's, that's usually called flatting. So in my case, uh, and tr traditionally when you flat files or flat images, you use very bright colors just to be able to see what you're doing. And then you reselect that area and uh, fill in with a more naturalistic color, right? It's a utility thing. But, but again, what I noticed was that while I was flatting with these super bright saturated colors that I just liked the way they looked. And I liked the way that they interacted with what was yeah. happening with the photo or the drawing. And so it becomes this kind of cumulative process where, where I have these, I have the flat, I have the drawing, I have the photo, I have whatever else, whatever, you know, there's some other weird processes that I'll throw in there and, and see what I, uh, where it goes from there. Right. So like if, if there's, if, if I see something in the eye or something that says, Oh, this really needs to be like, you know, darker, like, a, um, like eye shadow or a darkened eye sight eye socket or whatever, then yeah, mm -hmm. I'll paint something in there, you know, darken it up or whatever. Yeah. But it's just the most um, basic round brush tool, whatever, like just enough to get in there. So I have something to work with in Photoshop. Mm -hmm. Lately, I'm looking, thinking more about like actual painting, painting, like I want Cintiq and stuff ever since I've been like painting on my iPad. Uh -huh. um, but that's still so, that's that's still something um, that I don't really have that much actually experience with, Di like digital painting with a brush. Yeah, with a, to like like well, yeah, like mouse. brush. Yeah, with the uh, I mean, I I use a tablet, right? Which is something that sits on your desk. Mm -hmm. um, so I use a tablet, but I don't paint. I don't really paint with it. Versus mm -hmm. a Cintiq is something like an iPad where you're uh, you're you're, you're drawing iPad. Yeah, you're drawing on the surface, um, and it's just something that I'm I'm curious about. Yeah. A lot of it is just the feedback. Um, my computers aren't super slow, but they're not super fast, mm -hmm. and the lag and all that it just kind of like yeah, it's not the I don't really enjoy it. I see. Like all the digital stuff, that's kind of harder to explain. Mm -hmm. I um I have a workshop with No Wave, um that goes through all the, the whole process. So, okay. Now this is this too hard to explain? Like this, um, this one is the doppelganger, right? Yeah. So I have a lot of pieces um, titled the doppel uh, the doppelganger because okay. it's from when I had I was just thinking about fashion illustration, and there's this girl um, that does a lot of um, cool like uh, uh, self portraits with like um, fashionable clothes and mm -hmm. makeup and things like that. So I asked her like, uh, would you mind sending over uh, some photos and these outfits, right? Like name brand, you know, fashion-y stuff because mm -hmm. I don't actually know much about it. And she was super generous and just sent over like tons of material, right, to work with. Um, and, and that series, um, because I was really thinking about fashion illustration, the first initial drawing was definitely trying to preserve the look of um, the garments, right? Mm. So if it was a jacket, I had to look like just drawing everything in and scanning that and keeping that for later. And then, yeah. and then I think with those pieces, it varies, but some of the pieces I, um, I essentially worked with a, a pretty standard drawing and then, you know, uh, worked with that in Photoshop. 
Other pieces I uh, abstracted more. Some pieces I didn't like the first colored pencil copy. So the one you showed me was initially this, initially looked a lot different and was kind of like, it was bugging me. I, I, I was like, you know, sometimes you force it, right? And I was just kind of trying to force the issue. And, uh, and, and I, I redrew the drawing a couple years mm -hmm. later. Um, and then that became the foundation for the PC uh, that you showed me. I think that's like number three or something. And so, yeah, that one, uh, I'm trying to remember, that one may have, because sometimes I, I try to avoid it, but sometimes these pieces have like multiple copies or mo multiple versions. So that piece has, I think it has yeah. a previous uh, illustration that is more intact and less abstract. And then that version you had used water, a watercolor pass that I then re, I just combined, I think an old illustration with the new drawing essentially. And in Photoshop, you just, I work a lot with blend modes, for example, mm -hmm. uh, which is basically like, do you know, like the multiple multiply layer yeah. or, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. So when you cycle through those blend modes, it breaks the image, but it also generates a lot of interesting things, right? Yeah. And not just the blend modes, but any, uh, any image adjusting feature. So thresholds, posterize, blur, any filter um, on, on its own, you wouldn't use because it's like obviously a filter, but there's aspects of that that will kind of pop out. Mm -hmm. And so that's my primary interest in digital art, right? My, I don't care about like re recreating the painting experience in Photoshop or something. What I like about the digital side is the uh, novelty and mm -hmm. randomness and things that um, I wouldn't have expected. So every digital piece, you know, every digital piece ends up as a surprise and something new, right? Yeah. That I wouldn't have expected. And it's kind of, um, I don't even know if I, if I would call it enjoyable. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, it's like, it's like being uh, like going into like um, hyperdrive or warp mode in, in Star mm -hmm. Wars or yeah. like um, Space Odyssey where you're like, Whenever they're going through that like crazy space land, the eyes are like, oh, that's what Photoshop feels. The 2001 like tunnel me. thing before. The yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like you're, being, you're like you're racing through some kind of weird like Photoshop tunnel of possibilities. And I'm, I'm just holding on for dear life because like yeah, things, get, yeah. things get crazy really fast once you turn it on. So, it's, so yeah, it's like it's very so it's like very Photoshop, very digital, but also very traditional for the lack of a better word. But I'm also kind of hesitant to frame it that way because it, to me, it's all sort of the same stuff anyways. In other words, the stuff that I have to think about in terms of the physical paper, its archivability, its size, its scale, the drawing, the graphite, the medium, Photoshop, colors, whatever. It all feels like you're working with the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. One just happens to be like, have a certain name or have a certain property or a certain feel or what have you. Yeah, it's just different variations of a similar, similar thing going on. Mm -hmm. um, like even with like curation, right? So like, when I find something I like, it's like, it's like I had, like the, by the time I like something and like bookmark it, Mm -hmm. I had already clicked on it, like before even realizing it, right? Like, like something in the th thumbnail or whatever drew my eye immediately. I was like, okay, this is cool. 
And then, you know, 99 times out of 100, I click on it, the full screen or the full size version. It's like, oh yeah, this is pretty cool, right? And so I save it or post it or share it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that process is very fast and it happens all the time when you're just doing anything. So when I'm painting, when I'm drawing, composing, oh, that's cool, oh, that's cool, oh, that's cool. I might want, you know, do I wanna utilize that now? What does it make me think of? Do I want to juice it up? Do I want to diminish it, et cetera? Like all those mm -hmm. kind of internal kind of like Photoshop sliders or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it's what you're, I mean, that's what you're working with, right? Like uh, uh, somewhat consciously, mostly probably unconsciously. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, brains are bra brains are something. <laughs> yeah, when you look at Photoshop, a Photoshop is almost like a, it's like this weird machine that approximates what a human does naturally, like naturally drawing. It's like just like tweaks that you want to make. It's yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So are you I mean, saying? I, I, hmm. No, go ahead. So are you saying with uh, curation, you feel a similar sort of creative uh, energy? It like even when you're finding things uh, to curate. You want to, um, you're feeling a sort of similar to the way you are when you're drawing. There's something creative about curation or yeah, building yes, a collection. Yeah, I think, I, I just think it's the same thing, right? Huh. So uh -huh. for example, I might, like one thing that's different, for example, is that if I'm curating or basically just reposting posts, um, for my personal side, I don't like having like um, studio shots or the edge of a painting or anything kind of natural, whatever, right? Yeah. So, if it's, so if, it's a, if it's a drawing, it's a scan of a drawing with the edges cropped out, right? Yeah. But, but, but someone else's post, it's not, I don't feel like, it's not my stuff. It's not mm -hmm. my photo. So it's not really in my, I'm not going to be that OCD about it. Yeah, it's not your domain. They do what they yeah. want. They live by yeah. their so, rules. Yeah. yeah, so my just basic rule for the, 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 curation stuff is like and it doesn't even have to be well this artist has to be a good artist or whatever like a lot of stuff i post is really from artists that are like at an let's say early level you mm -hmm. know kind of they're starting out but within that like 100 pieces of art you'll see something that just looks good like Stand i feel like out, this yeah. looks great yeah and yeah. so i post that and i try to try not to think about it too much um but yeah that you know the flash of recognition you know as you scan your eyes through a grid of photos, YouTube thumbnails, an oil painting, a masterwork, dirt on the floor, whatever, right? Yeah. You know, it, it'll like, it's like by the time you say something's cool, it's like, it's like you're already there. You've already been transported to that cool thing. And so you're just trying to be like, oh, how did I get here? What was it? What was it that drew me in? What was it that I liked, mm -hmm. right? And wait, it doesn't wait. matter. You were primed to find the thing that you found. It, ha it happens you before conscious it. thought. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, yeah. You're like you're clicking on. It's like if you had like an eye tracker, and it, you know, well, I don't. Maybe I should. Like if you had like an eye tracker or whatever, where your eyes focus on like at, 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 on any given image, it's gonna happen before that you before you know you, it. You you know it, right? Yeah. And in art. It's stuff that's novel to you, right? And it's mm -hmm. stuff that's personal to you because, yeah, at a certain time in my life, I was very into, say, representation of painting, uh, classical, whatever. 
Mm-hmm. But now, if I see a grid of that, my eyes just skip past it because I kind of yeah. know what I kind of know it already, and it's just yeah. kind of look. It's just gonna land on something new and novel, and um, mm. automatically, I don't have to think about it. So I'm not actively trying to find good work or anything like that. I'm just literally browsing through followers <laughs> most of the time, or sometimes a search uh-huh. tab, but I try to avoid that. Um, but I'm basically, you know, people like the post. So I'll say, okay, what's, what's, what's your life and art and world look like? And if there's art and there's something cool, then, you know, I'll share or bookmark or whatever. Something that grabs your attention. Yeah. 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 And it's like this, so, and I think it's, it's a practice. So I think like in a way it's like making art without making art or making art in a very lazy fashion. Right. Cause I'm just like laying in bed, you know, <laughs> scrolling through, whatever, through the webs. Um, but at the same time, I'm still, it's still, you know, the flash of recognition. I'm responding to it. I'm listening to it. Right. So whether that happens yeah, yeah, yeah. on a phone or your own work, another work, it doesn't, I don't think it really matters. And you're practicing that part of your, uh, brain, like that receptivity, that sense sensitivity. You know what I mean. So it could you're be something totally, that part of your brain. Yeah, because any 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 time you do uh-huh. something, you're practicing it. You're the the neural entrainment. You're right, creating right. You're, you, yeah. So so sensitivity is something take, that you have man, to. That's so cool. <laughs> so sensitivity is just another thing that you're getting used to, right? So it's not being yeah. more sensitive or less sensitive or more empathic or less empath- less empathic or whatever. Um, but if you're, you know, whatever it means to be sensitive to something, if you're in that mode or yeah. every time you do it, you're practicing it. And then the next time you need it, it'll just happen. Right. And it doesn't and matter yeah, what you're it, more sensitive to it. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, a downside of that is maybe then you might, for example, like a good example maybe would be like kerning. Like if you're, you need nothing about fonts and text or whatever. And then one day some like um, graphic designer is like, look at the spacing between this F and R. It's just killing me. And you're like, what are you talking about? Right? Because you had no idea. You're not sensitive to that mm-hmm. thing. And then after that, you see it everywhere. And maybe it just makes you like yeah. really grouchy and grumpy. So like, I'm not saying it's all good. Sometimes I don't want to like, a lot of my life is about trying to like remove things from my vision. <laughs> like, uh, uh, say, just you know, to, like visual stuff is just like it's intense. So I, I want to kind of be able to choose when I want to engage in things visually because the gates are open all the time. Like I want to mm-hmm. keep the I want to keep the door open. You know what I mean? For anything that I'm yeah. do, doing, uh, thinking, etc. But sometimes the stuff that comes in is too intense, so you have to deal with it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You have to, not to use this word again, but you have to curate the things that you notice and focus on in your life. Uh, yeah, right. Even. So it's like, yeah, right. So it's like, in a way, it's like, cur- it's like curating, curating, uh, curation or curating the, I- curating the ideas that come with something like curation. Do you know what I mean? You're, cur- you're, you're, um, you're choosing your choosiness. You're, you're paying attention you're, in like a scarcity economic model. Like you're actually paying a finite amount of attention that you have. You know, right. you have to spend and your try, attention yeah, wisely. And, uh-huh. and just try to be aware and mindful and stuff like that, but not without, but not goal oriented, right? 
So it's not the idea as to, well, I want to be a sensitive person or I want to be an extreme person or I want to be a mindful person or a spiritual person or whatever. Um, because you could be all those things and make really terrible artwork or you could be, <laughs> you could do all those things and not be happy with what you're creating. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, all these, you know, all, you know, all these, all the stuff that I'm talking about, it's to serve um, the work or yourself is to have a good time. Like everything that I talk about with um, the tracing or light box or Photoshop or this or painting, like it's all there to try and maximize party potential. Like I want to have a good time when I'm working. <laughs> and even if it's like a drag, like this is where the drawing stuff comes in with Photoshop and illustration, because a lot of illustration is very short deadline. Um, it's, not necessarily content that you want to deal with or that you, you like or whatever. It's not personal work. So, you mm -hmm. know, um, I didn't start illustration until after grad school and nothing in undergrad, even though I was an illustration major, like nothing in undergrad helped with like starting an illustration freelance illustration really? career. Like part of it is because my head wasn't there in the first place. I was uh, invested in, in painting, but it's just like mm -hmm. freelance commercial illustration. Like, art in a commercial context, it's not easy. There's a lot of competition and a lot of crazy things that are happening and having that all in an illustration class, I don't know. Um, but, but, but what I'm trying to say is that, um, so, so, so this idea of illustrating for clients, initially especially, didn't really jive with the way that I've always worked, which is following my interests and, um, things I'm curious about, processes I'm right. curious about. And so I realized like if I was going to do illustration that it would have to be in a way that I could be happy with. Right. Mm -hmm. So 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 yeah, so it doesn't so with with client work, I'm still drawing on paper. I'm still choosing my own reference, taking reference mm -hmm. or whatever that I like. Sometimes I'll use um, photo reference from previous uh, photo shoot for personal mm -hmm. work. Just whatever it takes to feel like I have some say in the process. And, yeah. um, and even with this content, uh, with the subject, you know, whatever the uh, brief is, like story or narrative, you could interpret that in any way, right? Like mm -hmm. my initial problems were, was because I was really, I think too literal minded about illustration. And I didn't like the way a lot of editorial il illustration looked. And I felt mm. like, well, I don't like this stuff. So maybe it's not for me not realizing that it doesn't have to be that way. Right. There are art directors yeah, you can, that go ahead. You can take, you can take just because editorial illustration is one way. doesn't mean that you can't bend it towards your own, uh, the way that you want to see it. Yeah, exactly. That, okay. And, and, and so eventually I realized that I could do, I could do, it's like that meme, you know, why not both that little, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little girl. She's like, why not both? Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I was thinking like, why not both? Like, why not serve the client and myself at the same time equally? Ideal, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Sure. Of course, there's going to be some give and take. There are compromises. There are, you know, there's all sorts of weird things come up, right? And even if, even if like after everything's said and done and I, I, I have say uh, illustration I'm not happy with, I still have the original files. I still have the drawing. I can rework the drawing, revisit the drawing. 
until mm-hmm. it's now something maybe even better than it, than it would have been on my own, you know, mm-hmm. without this like quote unquote outside interference. Right. Right. Outside interference can have positive uh, effects. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just trying to admit it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to stack, like trying to, in, in a way being kind of greedy and trying to stack all the good aspects of this thing. Right. And trying to find yeah. a solution that, that, because I mean, frankly, um, well, like one of the problem with creative industries, right. Is that, um, they prey on your enthusiasm for your art. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. They'll yes. pay you less. They'll, um, they know that you'll do it for, you know, very little. They know that you're a starving artist who lives for passion and not for money. And they'll use that. Right. Time. Yeah. Uh-huh. So people will, will, can and do exploit that thing. So it's, you know, um, so I don't know. So how, how do you say like charting your own path or, you know, arriving to a way of working with living in a, in a commercial space. It just, it takes, it takes, it takes, um, some consideration. <laughs> uh, it takes some thought. It, um, um, I don't know, but, but so I don't know what the answer is, but I think a person mm-hmm. knows in the moment, right. You know, mm-hmm. if someone's animating a juice box because they're really good in Maya or something and feel kind of shitty about it, you have to at least know that feeling, recognize that feeling so you can decide, well, is this okay? Am I animating juice boxes to- today so I can be Picasso tomorrow or whatever? Or do I mm-hmm. want it to do it like in the morning so then I can, you know, do whatever, be whatever at night? You know, it's it's all, you know, personal and relative to the to to the individual yeah so i'm curious looking on your instagram how much of what you post is illustration work versus personal work uh lately like zero um um it's just painting zero illustration um, yeah like uh zero last, illustration work being posted like well the thing is when i say illustration it's just it's kind of like my catch-all for digital pieces mm-hmm. so, and 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 so, for example, if I did a personal digital piece, um, I don't want it to read as illustration. And if I do an illustration that's for a client, I don't want it to read as wait wait. I want to read it. I want it to read as art, right? So it's like a yeah. client uh, illustration that you could hang on your wall, hang in a museum, mm-hmm. whatever, yeah, gallery. And it will fit like mm-hmm. it'll, it'll solve both issues. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, I've been, I get, I get sidetracked pretty easily. So, um, you know, this, illustri- this illustration problem was a pretty big problem for me to try and figure out. But after a while, I felt like I had kind of gotten at least a sense of it and where I wanted, where I could kind of, you know, the path that I could walk or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. but, 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 you know, lately and more and more, since I'm not super satisfied with the process, right. That I am kind mm-hmm. of shilling or selling or whatever. I mean, like, it's a great process, right. But the process the thing, yeah. But the process is like the tip of an iceberg 
of something that I am more interested in and I'm trying to understand. So ah. I'm, so I'm basically expanding the, especially digital side of things, right? So instead of just stills, you know, all the stuff that I'm doing for drawing, coloring, flatting, and digital for still, or not stills, but for illustrations, mm -hmm. they all exist or apply to like, say for example, animation, right? Mm. Animation is all about, or even illustration is all about scope management, right? Like if you have only a week to do an illustration, you can't paint every leaf in the mm -hmm. background. You have to think of ways to make it more efficient without yeah. you know, selling your soul, right? Yep. So all this, I realized that everything that I had kind of developed, developed for illustration or for oil painting even, to traditional work, conceptual work, mm -hmm. it all applied to say animation. Like mm -hmm. I was, I'm see, starting to see so many um, parallels between uh, motion and stills in illustrations and animations and video and photography and yeah. drawing, right? Yeah. So I'm, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how much I can do by myself on my own in a, mm -hmm. in a kind of like a studio context, right? So mm -hmm. motion, animation, sound, music, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then, and owning that process, owning that pipeline, right? Because in other words, say, um, say you're painting and you have like red and green paint on your palette, but you're, and you're really like, you're a master of red, like red and green is like your, it's your stuff, right? But mm -hmm. you're not really good with blue. You've never worked with blue, but you have a friend, yeah. maybe, 20 minutes away or whatever blue mm -hmm. expert right like yeah picasso yeah. blue period experts blue period. you're like mm -hmm. so you're painting or painting you, you're jamming with your red and green but then you gotta paint something blue and now you gotta like call up your friend and be like hey man can you like help me with this blue part or paint this blue part stuff and like when are you free to uh uh <laughs> paint some blue on my uh -huh. canvas so it's like Okay, and he'll be like, yeah, maybe in a week or two or whatever, right? So that the, this fundamental process of painting, of being engaged with your work, is completely broken for pretty, a pretty dumb reason, right? Because you can just get some blue and just kind of figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. so, so obviously, that's kind of an extreme example. Mm -hmm. But anything that you're interested in that you have to farm out to other people mm -hmm. kind of creates that situation. So there's nothing wrong with asking for help or for, um, you know, if you have a, if you want to have some sound effects or music in your animation, there's nothing wrong with asking your animation or your, 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 your music friend to do that stuff for you, right? Mm -hmm. To collaborate or whatever. Yeah. But, and that's all well and good and you can't do everything, but the process itself is now disjointed. It's not whole, it's not integrated anymore. You have to wait, mm. you have to plan, you have to schedule. Versus if you happen yeah. to, you know, you you're, you you're, you started out as a music, musician that ended up doing animations. Well, now it's nothing mm -hmm. to you. Music is just like another color on your palette, and you're like, yeah, you're painting some red like line, and you're like, yeah, that sounds that that sounds like joink or whatever. And then you load up mm -hmm. Ableton and you do the thing, and without even really thinking about it, with with as maybe as much uh, mental energy as clicking on that piece of on that painting you liked in Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. it, 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 it already uh, flowed. 
before you even realize it because all these processes are um, just um, essentially you can take them for granted. Like the way we take for granted the fact that, well, we can speak English and stuff. You don't have yeah. to think about our English speaking abilities to convey. Yeah. That's not the point. It's only the point right. when you're trying to learn a new language. Yeah. And then it becomes a problem. And then it becomes like, oh, he can speak or she can speak 10 different languages. That's amazing. But why is that amazing? Right. Mm -hmm. What is, you know, what's the difference between that and learning another way of painting and learning another medium, learning another, another piece of software? Yeah. You're just learning a different logical processes on this. Right. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, and so that's just something that I've, that's something that's always been there, but like, um, because, because there's not really a model for it. Um, um, has kind of struggled to develop that I've really struggled to develop and always kind of put on the back burner, this kind of more expansive process. You're advocating for uh, an artist's approach of understanding of a wide range of art so that you don't have to outsource your labor if you don't have to, because yeah. a lot of the times the, the limits of your knowledge, um, they can be easily solved by just doing a few things. It's not too hard to find the thing that you need if you just take the effort to go and find it, right? Yeah. The thing I want to stress that it's not really ego driven or it's not mm -hmm. about ego. It's yeah. not, you know, it's, it's not this, um, it's not a Ben Affleck thing. Like, <laughs> so Ben Affleck is, um, he like directed, wrote, starred in this really bad movie, apparently. I haven't seen it. Uh huh. But the gist of it and the, the critique of it is that it's not because of a true love for these things. It's this, desire to be seen as a writer yes. as a director yes. as some as a, as a sensitive mask. soul yeah, yeah right and so the work suffers for it and i think he suffers for it you know i think he's mm -hmm. it's not making him happy like literally in the movie he has just a sad face the whole time really uh yeah it's just like a typical like ben affleck um dour sour face right and so i'm not trying to sh you know crap on him right but it's I'm trying to say that's not, I believe that's not what I'm after. The motivation. Yeah. Yeah. It's because art, It's you know, more about the art. Yeah. And, and the, and, and really the, and uh, the process and the flow of things, you know, mm -hmm. trying to, you know, it's like uh, if you're cooking, you know, having your mise en place set up, your knife yeah. where you need it, your ingredients, and then you're ready to roll. Right. Yep. But if you have to like, you know, oh, you forgot the carrots, you got to go to the market, ah, yep. you know, yeah. whatever. And, you know, um, or your drum kit, you know, oh, my snares over at my friend's house that I was you know, getting higher with. Mm -hmm. That interruption of conscious kind of serendipitous, entertaining, fun, delightful kind of state. Um, yeah, you've got to set it up. Yeah, yeah. And so these things take time though, you know, or, or t they take, well, <clears throat> so I try to avoid those kinds of uh, blanket statements. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it takes time or you gotta, you gotta use it or lose it or you gotta yeah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 you know, like, cause, or you gotta put in a lot of work or you gotta work hard when it's like, well, who's not working hard, right? Or what is mm -hmm. working hard? When I'm painting or if I'm having a good day working on something, the day's gone. I can't even remember really trying. It just was, a, it was a good time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. like, um, like how, like, 
think of all the uh, actors and directors that you know by name, right? That you can remember. It must be like hundreds, if not thousands. But imagine yeah. that. You know the imagine, lore. Uh -huh. Yeah, but imagine having to now someone is like, well, well, well. Now you need to uh, memorize a thousand more that you yeah. never heard of. You know, yeah. within a week or whatever. It's going to be mm -hmm. really, really hard. You're, it's going to be really, really challenging, and it's going to require a lot of effort. And yeah. so you're you're going to expend maybe ten times effort for, you know, one tenth of the knowledge, right? And yet here mm -hmm. you were with the regular actor actors that you just know without even trying. So right. what happened? It was natural. Yeah. So you know, a lot of it is because you're not even aware you're learning a thing. Right. Yeah, as you're learning it. Yeah. You're just into movies or you're into the actor and there's context, right? This actor was in that movie. That movie yeah. was directed by this person. Yes, plus two actors were together. You just learn the network because you're interested yeah, and, in, in the and it's, yeah, and it's easier to remember and it's easier it's easier to retain because it's kind of like it's it's in context and you're interested in that context. Like I can say how many megapixels is in the latest Canon camera, for example. I didn't read up on it. I know it because I'm interested in cameras. I'm specifically thinking about how many megapixels mm -hmm. are uh, necessary. Is 30 enough? Is 60 enough? That questioning mm -hmm. um, supersedes the trivia, right? By mm -hmm. my thinking about, say, resolution and megapixels and image quality, the fact that it's 30, this discrete number, it's just, it comes along for the ride. Mm -hmm. Whereas I can't remember, I have a hard time remembering just very simple, like, I don't know, like, like, a, like, a, like, a, like the code for a link in HTML, HTML. I've yeah. been using the internet webby stuff forever. I always have to look it up because it's not, it doesn't exist in the memorable kind of context for me right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I was a web de web developer, then obviously it would be different. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, it's like the 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 mission that you focus on, or the, you know, the things that you value, and then the, the you know, once you set a goal in mind, you just sort of assimilate all these all this knowledge. A lot of knowledge just kind of gets you just acquire it effortlessly if you just decide to move towards a certain uh, field or like domain that you want to become familiar with. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, cool. Yeah. It's uh, because like um, whatever it is that you're interested in, it's going to require searching, questioning, looking up, testing, developing, you know, these very broad and generic ideas. And just because it's something that you're not familiar with, that you feel isn't you quote unquote, it's not me or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't change the fact that it's, probably just like familiarity, uh, vocabulary, mm -hmm. right? Um, I mean, you know, you can be intimidated with something like Photoshop, for example, but then the number of buttons in Photoshop is like maybe a tenth of how many, or one, one one thousandth of how many words you understand, right? Your English yeah. vocabulary is like, several order of magnitudes more complex than any piece of software. Yeah. I know what you mean. People have a lot more capacity to learn than I think they realize. Like 
there's always this idea in the back of my mind that have a, most people are myself included have a finite storage capacity for the things we can learn. Right. We can't learn that much more, but the more I, I mean, you look at all these examples of people and it seems like there's really not, there's no, you'll never reach the end within a human lifetime of how much you're, you know, you can learn and remember and the skills you can have. Right. Yeah. So this, so this idea of uh, human potential, personal potential, I mean, it is really insane, right? Mm-hmm. And when you have these sort of like self-help gurus or whatever, or people that are just trying to, you know, they're, yeah, yeah, they're well-meaning, well-meaning people, right? But in a way, even their cheerleading for your potential is kind of um, small. Like, I think mm-hmm. uh, we don't really give each other enough credit for what we can do, right? What, uh, what our potential is right because i think it's um so much more focused on what you are what you have um right so like you know this idea of conspicuous consumption so i think there's also this idea of conspicuous production conspicuous being conspicuousness Mm -hmm. like look at my look at me and my amazing life and my amazing ability to create Right. I mean, that's all fine. Right. Yeah. But in personal experience, you just get used to it. Right. It's like if you're um, it's like going to a nice hotel. Right. First mm-hmm. couple of days are really nice. Like, man, this, this uh, jacuzzi. Oh, I need one of these. Right. Uh-huh. But, but uh, after a couple of days, it just sort of like you forget about it. Yeah. You get used to it. And I think and, and that's and you also get used to your own achievement and you get used to your own kind of ideally you get used to your own kind of like ego right at Mm. first you might be like you won an oscar and you feel really good about yourself yeah i won an oscar but maybe a day on your second oscar third oscar you're just like big whoop right yeah so that is not very sustainable in my view but your actual interest in acting your actual interest in movies film whatever that is stuff that you can never actually get used to it's, it's like this idea well it's like this idea of like well well you know what i um my my heart has you know, beat for like you know 10 trillion times i think i'm good <laughs> i don't think mm-hmm. i need to uh have a heartbeat or anymore. I, don't, I don't think i need to breathe anymore because i'm you know i'm good with breathing right it's yeah. just something that's always going to be there mm-hmm. it's not something that uh diminishes or yeah. gets used up right until yeah. you're dead i guess right but but the prevailing uh, wisdom or the prevailing kind of thought is this idea is just very like, um, there's this feeling of, um, what's the word? Lack, like there's not enough. Yeah. So we have yeah. to fight for scraps, right? Scarcity. Yeah. Yeah. Scar- yeah. Scarcity. And of course, you know, just we're, it's kind of reality too, but, in, but you know, like, especially yeah. when you're younger, the world seems much larger, right? Or mm. whatever you're interested in. It's like, you know, when you're, I remember being, uh, wanting to learn how to draw and paint and looking up to my instructors or this certain gallery, this academy or whatever. And you get to that point and you realize how, just how small it is. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like seeing yeah. your parents as they age, they just seem so much more like reduced, you know, and almost every, every industry is like that. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, when you're on the outside, there's this glorification that happens. And if I only could get in the club, it'll be great. 
yeah. and then you're in the club and you're like this shit sucks you know or or it's not as it's not really what i was looking for it's not really really, aspects. Yeah. it has a is a has a really nice beat but in other ways it's lacking and maybe those things that are lacking i'm still interested in right so i can complain or uh, about education or schools or fine art or whatever but mm -hmm. obviously there's still plenty to be interested in but that yeah. doesn't exist it, it doesn't it doesn't exist in a like a really like um socially concrete way it's you know mm. it's right it's like this cloud or vision or whatever there's, that yeah there's you a can't really articulate there's a different kind of uh how about this the things that initially may have interested you in the field um kind of give away and then a much deeper thing um uh, reveals itself as like the main appeal and the main focus it's much more about whatever we call the work the quote-unquote work than the 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 social status and the accolades that are surrounding it right so yeah so yeah. so so, you know, so for sure definitely it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter how like maybe horrible a certain industry or whatever it is if it drew you in in the first place there's like a lot of reasons for it right more than you'll ever be able to really identify right mm -hmm. so it's like a it's like a surplus of idea of motivation of possibility of paths to pursue you just can't really see all those right it's like yeah. you hear a piece of music random piece of music you've never heard before you can't even say why you like it right except that you mm -hmm. like it and as yeah. you move towards that direction you'll have a better sense for it what you do and don't like which will in turn inform other interests etc etc yeah like there's no like even within a single illustration when i'm working in photoshop I'm literally throwing away or, or, or discarding so many like fragments, ideas, and pieces. Mm -hmm. Because there's only so much you can cram in one 2D image. Yeah, so right? much and has to get tossed aside. Yeah, so that's, how, that's when I started thinking a lot more about video and animation. Because now you're working across time, right? So mm -hmm. like recently I posted this kind of like image that I liked. And it's basically Wait. like like this black face and a little red eye. It's very yeah. it's very dark and sinister and whatever. I like that thing. Yeah. So I like one. so I like it too. But the problem with that with with, some, with something like that is there's nothing to offset that sinister kind of edgy vibe. Mm. You know what I mean? Within the context of the rest of the work, or maybe my followers who have who have seen my other work, it it kind of works. But on mm -hmm. its own, there's nothing to balance yeah. it out. But yeah, if you imagine, yeah. but if you imagine that same super edginess or whatever, in your face quality, as maybe a short sequence in a video, mm -hmm. now it makes sense and now it has a place because before it was quiet and cool and chill and now you have this scary face looking at you and that's like horror, right? I would say. Yeah. So it, so so you know one you know a, one kind of maybe point of view that I don't agree with that I think is literally faulty is like for a person to be like, well, I've never done animation. I've never done video. Uh, uh, I like 2D. I only work in 2D and that's fine and everything, right? Mm -hmm. But I would argue that all those, all that time spent working on one frame, on one still, one image, one composition has already taught your brain how to deal with a sequence. Because mm. you could argue that this management of say high detail to low detail high saturation to low saturation yeah you could just you're, you're just kind of like if it's all in one frame you're just like tipping it on its side and stretching it out across time 
Uh-huh. So you just have to familiarize yourself with time. But all this compositional stuff, you already, it's kind of ingrained in you. You just have to sort of, in my kind of maybe over-idealistic view, you know, you know what I mean? I like, do. Like, you, you sort of know the difference between making an image and making a sequence, maybe an animation or a film or whatever. Um, they're a very similar creative process. It's just that one is time-bound and one is not. And you... Once you move into the time-bound medium, you you know how to fill in the gaps. You know how yeah. to turn it into. Yeah, so and you, that's you something intrinsically know how to. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's something that people don't. I think people don't realize is even happening to them. If you just simply right? do it, if you just simply make the animation, you'll find that you kind of know yeah. what, what to do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and so this is something you see a lot with. Um, and something you see a lot with two D artists that all this like really, really good 2D artists that all of a sudden have to do something in like a 3D sculpting program or something. Mm-hmm. At first, it'll be, you know, like, like they'll get very good very fast, almost instantaneously with zero experience working in 3D, working in software. Just show me where the buttons go and then they have a usable sculpture versus someone that maybe sometimes started with the software. It takes, not only does it take them a long time to get into the to to do good 3d sculpture when you mm-hmm. see their drawings there's it's just there's a real lack right yeah and and, and i'll i'll see this a lot with, with 3d stuff where like you know this 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 render is so uh convincing but then i see the drawings and it's like it's almost like it's a different person and hmm. what happened there right yep um so you know I, there's a lot of there's a lot of situations where you see things like that where it seems so for me it's like uh, looking for reasons to believe in this sort of like unified theory of everything. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. things are, things are, are connected, do relate, but we just can't see it or parts of our minds and our brains and emotions are kind of sealing, sealing things off. Right. To our yeah. own detriment. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 but I want to stress not in that this isn't, that this isn't a bad thing it's just i guess people humans it's just sort of i don't know how how, how we're wired right? you can you only see to... so much of the picture at any one time right right and you That's have what you yeah, mean. yeah yeah and that you do compartmental compartmentalize you do you know narrow things down you do try yeah. to simplify mm-hmm. life is confusing confusing feelings are confusing art is confusing etc yeah uh yeah now i know you don't like uh or you're not the biggest fan of art school as a thing are you yeah no i'm not yeah where do you see art going or where would you like art education to go for people who want to become great artists um uh just to put it out there i went to um, undergrad, I went to art center, I went to grad school, yeah. I did all, all that stuff. Where did you go to grad uh, school, by the way? Uh, Claremont. It's a school in LA somewhere. Two fancy um, California art schools. Uh, no, it's, it's like, it, it's like, it's like, it's like, no offense to my Claremont, Claremont uh, crew, but it's kind of like B tier. It's not like, um, I see. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's not like Columbia or Yale or whatever. So maybe if you graduate from Yale, you're like swimming in art dollars um yeah well you can just say california so, and people yeah will be, 
Oh really? So it's, it's, <laughs> it's I mean it's 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 a mess. It really is, right? So the yeah. thing that I that I kind of I think it's analogous to is um like healthcare, the health uh, in, in America, the uh-huh. healthcare system. It's not that the doctors are bad. It's not necessarily that um, the medicine or the treatment or whatever. It's like all of it from how it's funded. It's just the same. How, yeah, it's like it's like it's 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 just like this like tumor, right? This like systemic, awful thing that to repair it takes a lot of work and rethinking, really. Right. So so art school is very similar to that. And it depends on the person. It depends on the country. Like if your country provides free schooling, I think it's not a bad way to spend like four years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a lot of, you know, before I badmouth it too much, even in America, uh, there's a lot of grants, a lot of scholarship programs, um, you know, things like that. So there's, you know, also if you're mega rich, right? You don't yeah. have to feel bad, but um, overall, in, in, in the context of how much it costs, how much debt the average student is going to get uh, or, or be saddled with, uh, how much actual learning goes on, mm-hmm. uh, how, much, uh, how many actual resources, you average it all out and it's, a, it's, it's awful. So, so yeah, there's like, um, and, and I mean this from the general accredited uh, major art school programs, right? Like uh, yeah. you know, Cal State, or state to national to whatever, you know, fancy schools, real schools, mm-hmm. right? I'm not really talking about like workshops or ateliers and things like that. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is because, because the idea of school predates the internet. It predates mm-hmm. maybe even the library. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Um, and, and, it, and, and it kind of preys on this universal feeling that you're not good enough or you're not smart yeah. enough. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm afraid I'm a little anxious. So I want someone to help me out and you need I'll cultural learn. validation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. And there's that too. Right. Um, and so, I mean, certainly like if you're a doctor, uh, you need to pass some tests or whatever. You need to be certified. Yeah. Yeah. But even then it doesn't really say anything about your doctor. It just says that he knows a certain thing about certain things. You still yeah. would need like references and word of mouth and whatever, yeah. whatever. Right. 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 And so, and that is with a pretty, you know, engineering, computer science, that is with pretty, um, objectively objective things, right. Math, science, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, art is like, so, it's like philosophy, right? It's so, so, so subjective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it can go into so many different directions. It just doesn't make sense to me. The you only don't thing need that, a, yeah. It's not that you don't need it. It's, it's, it's that as is, it's just you're paying for bureaucracy. You're paying for other crappy students that don't really want to be there. Mm-hmm. You're paying for, say, uh, international students that don't really want to be there, but they have like, you know, rich friends you're, you're, or, you know what I mean? Like, or rich yeah. parents. Yeah. There's um, a lot of just. Hmm. So, but, but I want to, I want, but I also want to say is that like all of those people all are in a way there for a reason, but they're just not mm-hmm. being served. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. The apathetic seeming um, 
art class student that's you know barely trying like all of that is indicative of something much deeper that is not very that 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 you can't really see when you're trying to teach or administer administrate like 100 students right no one wants to put in that kind of mental effort and no one's going to really get uh, rewarded for that in the current system right so what mm-hmm. in my in my my view it really like the ideal situation is that for one that it's like government funded or tax funded or something like that right yeah as as that's fiscally responsible so so the money that they do take in they're using it as wisely as say a regular business would be mm-hmm. um, that that are competing and um and that are student centric and that is um, really as one-to-one as possible. So in my yeah. ideals, I, in my ideal scenarios, like a school should have, I mean, it's great when a school, school has like a printmaking workshop, um, a CNC machine, tools, expertise, people that are working in the industry, right? Mm-hmm. But how that, so you should have, that should be part of like the neighborhood, the school neighborhood, right? It's kind of like this idealistic way of, uh, uh, way life was like 100 or 200 years ago, right? You're yeah, a kid. like you have a commons and you all use, yeah, right. utilize exactly. the commons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like you're a kid, you're, you're on your way to school or whatever, but you walk by the cobbler and his workshop is mm-hmm. open and you're seeing how he does things and you're helping out or mm-hmm. he's asking questions and then you walk by the baker, you walk by this dude, you walk by that dude. And it's all sort of open and not, but, not, but not mandated, right? You choose yeah. if you want to right. apprentice with this or that, right? So my ideal situation is that, yes, there should be some structure. Obviously you're a student and you're looking for the structure, but, but the structure should, it's like the question of where should that structure come from? And I think it should come Mm -hmm. from primarily the student, him or herself. Right. Mm -hmm. And also possibly like mentors or um, like kind of like school counselor, art school counselors. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, like, like if you're a painter, then you have advisors that can advise you. And this is sort of how grad school works like more than yeah. undergrad. That's um, what I've heard, so, it's, yeah. so it's like trying to combine the best of both worlds because it doesn't make sense to me to say, well, the first two years of undergrad should be foundation. And then, and then the last two years are going to be your more creative work because it's like, why are you, why are you creating this bifurcation? It's like, when am I right. not creative? When am I not learning new skills? Right. When, skills, when am right. I, it's part yeah. of the same thing. And, and, and trying to figure all of that out um, while you're in school with the resources and support and, of course, your classmates doing things. So it's, so it's like this question of like, you know, you're, instead of like, oh, what, how how'd you do, uh, you know, what's your homework look like, you know, from so-and-so's class? So instead of that kind of conversation, it's more like, what are you up to? Just like in the adult world, what's going on? What are you up yeah. to? And so, right. you know, and it, so a uh, concept artist could be like, well, I'm, you know, going into like industrial forms and learning CAD CAM software. Cause I think it's a good way to go into that area. And then the more fine artist minded person is um, talking about paintings <laughs> or whatever. Right. But in their conversations, they can be like, Oh, you know, that CAD CAM stuff is really cool. I actually want to literally paint. I don't know industrial robots this is something that can happen right and does yeah. happen and so the, then that student can just drop in go take the mm-hmm. class or sit in or and without the having to like in the way. paperwork and all that stuff yeah, grades. Yeah, like, this a, whole yeah. idea of grading is just like preposterous, preposterous. yeah it's terrible <laughs> yeah 
yeah. So I mean, you know, and there's other. Um, there are a lot of interesting uh, models for schools. You know, like uh, alter alternative schools, um, kind of scattered across the country. The country, and not just Montessori stuff, but just. Um, I had done some research on this like years back when I cared more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember the dude's name. This very famous instructor. He actually won some awards for teaching in the public program, but then was later mm -hmm. ousted because it was too radical. This weird thing where oh, he really? was congratulated for being a pioneer and then fired and ostracized. And or then he like went that. too far. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, and, and, and within the system, there's, of course, lots of interesting things happening. A lot of people trying to figure this stuff out. Um, but but the, I think the reality is that, you know, unless these schools see a real drop in applications, they see a monetary decline. It's just they have there's no there's no incentive for schools to change. Because you're right. always going to have that flood of students coming in because the cultural feeling is always yeah. that I need to go to school. I need to the go to school. The norm is that I yeah. need to go to school. Yeah. They don't question the school. It's just let's go to the school. It'll take care of my needs. That's the Yes. Yeah. And that is, that is like such a powerful force. And you're, it's not just going to yeah. go away. You can have Google Internet, whatever. It's that that is not mm -hmm. gonna just like all all of a sudden you've got, you've got to change the norm. You've got to change the norm about how people think they should learn before the structure changes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I mean, I don't know how that <laughs> that how like, that happens. I mean, part of it happens, I think, through these kinds of conversations, right? Like, if I could mm -hmm. hear this conversation when I was fourteen or whatever, maybe it would have yeah. made a difference. So it's you know it's largely uh, cultural and a lot of different things. So yeah, maybe uh, <laughs> enough people just start talking about this or thinking about this that that would create a enough shift in you know like i guess mass population to where they demand a different structure and so they get it um yeah i, don't, I mean i don't know i think i think you, you're seeing you're seeing um some of it through i mean you're seeing a lot of it i think with the online learning stuff like you know yeah. i keep seeing ads for like skillshare on youtube like constantly mm -hmm. but the reality mm -hmm. is that i think it is it is it does help a lot but the yeah. other reality is that a lot is that a lot of people not only do do a lot of people cut class or quit school the vast majority of people that sign up for these kind of tutorial based things including me but, like yeah, dear god i'm always like i'm like i'm always like quitting but um they're, yeah they're, they'll they'll do an intro tutorial or whatever for um for a little bit and then it lapses and that's yeah. also a reality. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got to find a way to make that work. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, that was, this has been a great conversation. I really liked um, the areas we went into. I didn't, I didn't really, we went into the territory. I didn't think we'd go into or didn't even think about really. Um, right. And I'm glad we did. Yeah. This has been enlightening on a lot of levels. So now oh, cool. for speaking of online courses, you mentioned you have one with, uh, with no wave about. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Tell us about it. So, so, so no wave, uh, is a, is a, like a, they're hard to pin down, but they're like part, uh, collective part, like production studio, part gallery and part school. So if you go to yeah. no wave academy.com, you'll see tons of great artists, uh, great, uh, 
less, uh, you know, actually good painterly painter types, <laughs> uh, unlike mm -hmm. me, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and they and they um, sell workshops and stuff. And I have one on oil painting, but it's more, you know, I have one on oil painting and one on digital art. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, you know, it's not. It's really more about exploring like the stuff that I've talked about here. It's like, yeah, the, the process, uh, things that I feel like you're not gonna get in other places, right? So it's like right. a little bit more of a middle to advanced kind of uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, workshop, but um, but again, like you know, I think it's relevant. You know, this is all I can say. So anyone who wants to learn more about how you do your stuff. Yeah, uh, and actually have a actually have a visual reference for it. Can head on over. Right. To yeah. There. You don't just have to use your imagination. Yeah. <laughs> right. We got some video evidence of you doing. It. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, I'll link that in the show notes for people. To All right. Cool. Yeah. I'll send out. it over. All right. Well. All right. Thanks, Steve, for being on the uh, on the show. All right. Thanks for thanks for having me. That's it for Eyesore. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Steve for being a great guest. He's provided me with a lot of information. Check the show notes. There's a lot of stuff in there. There will be every week. In the future, I'm going to be expanding the, the topics that we cover in this show away from painting and to encompass a lot of different mediums and styles. You can always reach out to me. My email is in the show notes too. And stay tuned. I'll see you soon.